It's Sunday evening, and you're listening to the smooth tones of Thomas Parry and Matt Boyle on Tom and Matt Attack. Tom and Matt Attack. Ooh, sexy. Hi, Matt. Hello, Tom. How are you doing? I'm all right. It's quite a sensual introduction, I feel. Yeah, I think that was appropriate. Possibly, you know. I feel like uh, quite laid back this uh, Sunday evening. You know, I feel like we can give it this kind of atmosphere this evening. Danish lesson Christmas. for you children at home. Slap a means relaxing in Danish. Ooh. You know, when you're chilling out, Max, relaxing all cool. As yeah. Will Smith was on Graham Norton, yeah, I and think, we've this been week. Out, we've been out there shooting some b-ball. Outside of the school today. Yeah. Not, yeah. No, nothing at all like that. We <laughs> actually went down the beach, didn't we? We did. It was rather nice. It was. It was very nice. I was Denmark's surprised. got it all. It does have it all. Uh, we saw a, a volleyball tournament, which is kind of reminiscent of that in Top Gun, with yeah. less drama and less exciting music. Just a load of lads playing volleyball. It's kind of weird. Never seen that before. No. Not in... Uh, in real life. Yeah, not know. in real life, anyways. <laughs> But yeah, we've also been getting a fair amount of gaming this past week, and we'll uh, share with you what we've been playing and also what we've been purchasing this week, as well oh. as all this exciting uh, gaming news that has uh, occurred over the past week. Yeah, there is a lot that's been popping up. I guess we should probably take the the most recent of the recent gaming news. Oh yeah, that's just, yeah. Um, Curiosity's done. It's uh, finished, done. yeah. Dusted. P- fortunately for us, the guy who won it, some British bloke who was yet to be named, said, yes, I want to share it with the rest of the world. So that's cool. What because does this mean? Oh, yes, he, sh- he shared it. He so did. So that's why um, we know what it's yeah. all about. Yeah. If you remember, uh, Curiosity is a thing by Peter Volney of La- Lionhead. Yes, Lionhead. Love, uh, used to no, do... it's not called Lionhead anymore. No, no, I know. He's 22 cans. We're just saying who Peter Molyneux is. Uh, oh, okay. Famous for making uh, Black and White and the Fable series. Not the terrible connect one he'd left of, before that, I think. Uh, before that, it was Populous, wasn't it? Yeah, was, uh, yeah. And, oh, I and forgot then, he did Populous, uh, actually. Syndicate, I think, Bullfrog also did. Of course, yeah. he was, you know... Part of Bullfrog. Ma- ma- up yeah, bull- I actually saw a quite a funny tweet. Manned up Bullfrog, I was going to say. He manned <laughs> it right up. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> but I saw a funny thing on the, uh, on the old Twitter of someone saying, uh, what's at the middle of the cube is the right to all the bulldog. Uh, bullfrog franchises such oh, as yeah. theme hospital and theme park oh. peter molyneux just had them lying around we so should probably cube. do the rest of this podcast kind of like peter molyneux no we should share <laughs> this wonderful gift with you this evening yeah. we should tom and matt attack was actually at the center of the cube yep that's True it story now it's just what you yeah mean. sorry guys we let that out <laughs> of the bag we were the people who actually recorded the the sound for that video of Peter Molyneux in the little cube, which you can see <laughs> on YouTube Little Peter Molyneux, little bald man in a box. <laughs> <laughs> His spherical head was at the centre of the cube all along. Why am I so small? <laughs> he was very small. He's almost like, if you look at the size of the cube compared to Peter Molyneux, he was almost like the paperclip from Microsoft <laughs> Word coming along and explaining to you what was going on. Yeah, um... Like I said, it's a, it was an app that's been running since November, as he pointed out in the video. Essentially, loads and loads and loads of little cubes. I've forgotten how many billion there were, but essentially you just had to tap away these cubes and you got money. And then there was a prize that something life-changing was at the centre of the cube. And, and it was, I'd say. It's a pretty yeah. cool reward. Um, I was there tapping away, unfortunately. I gave up very it. quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, Tom was actually having a snooze while I, <laughs> while I prescribed. Uh, proclaimed in desperation at my ah because the cube just went to tweets and I was like oh I didn't get it because I was furiously tapping away, yeah. but yeah um it's been revealed that the the lucky British man or woman I I don't think the sex of the person has been determined. Uh, the game is called Goddess. Oh, Goddess. Goddess. Yeah, Goddess. Sorry, um, I jumped ahead. You did. You jumped the gun. Yeah. Thomas Perry jumped the gun. Um, it's What's that? The, Is that a song? It's Mother Superior Jump. Oh, of course, yes, the Beatles. Yeah. Later, yeah. 
Um, but he won a he won to be the main character, from what I understand of Goddess. He is the god. Uh, that's the prize at the center of the cube is that you become a digital god, and not only will the guy kind of have some semi games design thing with him, I guess. Well, he's going to decide, gonna decide the rules, the rules, all this kind of stuff. This, I, not a lot of details have been given away about the game yet, but he will no. have some impact on the how, how the game plays. He will also get a couple of pennies from every copy of Goddess sold or Goddess, or it's something like that. A small piece of the pie, yes, I think Peter Molyneux said. Peter Molyneux <laughs> said. <laughs> <laughs> would it just be ironic for the guy if he's just like oh yeah you're gonna get real cash money and he's a very small pie is your pie and Lewis's you know steak and kidney oh Frey Bentos that could no, travel I, by I'd, name I'd quite like an apple pie yeah that'd be good if I was one from McDonald's with piping no, hot molten McDonald's. lava inside Mr. Kipling that'd be a good shout you could have um, <laughs> apple and blackcurrant or apple Ooh. yeah be good oh i wish i'd have got the center that i want i want peter molly pie (laughs) i want a pie yeah um so that happened uh that's fun that's gonna be kind of cool to see who the guy is and peter molly's promised him fame and fortune and all of this nonsense so i'm Uh, guessing we're gonna it's gonna reveal who it is yeah be very interesting he's also said that sometime in the future uh 22 cans will also do another experiment perhaps maybe maybe yeah he did which is kind of be interesting to watch. Yeah, like, because really it was very interesting to have all those, how was it, millions or billions yeah. of, of, of people tapping away at that little cube. Well, it was the simplest you, idea for yeah, a game. it was great. I remember you guys covered it on Blast Process um, when it first came out. And wow, that's going back somewhere, yeah. It is November, mate. It's a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Um, but yeah, that looks kind of cool. I'm kind of interested to see how it turns out. Hope the winner wasn't a 13-year-old boy. Um, because the rules design and stuff may be somewhat impacted by that. Maybe It'd be very interesting to see what this uh, person comes up with. Yeah, that's true. And it'll be interesting as well, kind of after the fact, to see how much of an influence he did actually have on the game, I guess. Because mm. I mean, it's all well and good saying, yeah, you get to decide the rules, but I that think mean... God should have a big influence. It sounds very much to me like they will. Yeah, yeah it does. It sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, should we take the, the clanger of the news topic? Are we going to take that clanger? I, I think we should. Or are we going to save that clanger till after we've done our I think, uh, main Yeah, I think core. we should, because it's better not to rant. <laughs> yeah, even though it, technically it should be first on the agenda, number yes, one, it should perhaps. be number one. Uh, we're going to save it till a little bit later. Yeah, I hope it comes dead last, but <laughs> which it will on this Ooh, podcast. Moving, moving swiftly on, uh, Matthew, uh, what have you been playing this week? What have I been playing this what, week? What, what? Well, Thomas, well. Um, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, I went to London on Monday, and that seems like it was years ago. It's kind of weird how fast this week's gone. Uh, I went to London Monday, and on the plane over, I played a little bit of uh, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time again. Oh, you said you, you teased that you might have a go on that. Decided I hate it. Can't play really? It. Yeah, it's gone back on the shelf. I oh, can't do it. Oh, Matthew Boyle. I just don't like it. I, I just can't. There's no... It's... I want a turn-based system that doesn't involve an absolute mare of faffing around. And I think that's my problem with it, that it's neither really an action RPG or a traditional turn-based RPG. It's just weird. There's like there's a battle system, but there's not really a battle system. And mm. I don't know. It just doesn't resonate with me. I'm still going to try Bowser's Inside Story because I'm hoping... That... You did buy it. Yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> but like... The, the thing that kind of irks me is that it's kind of cool as well. I kind of really liked it, first of all. But, like, you control each character with a different button. So, um... I, Sounds I'm, confusing. Yeah, it is. And it gets very frustrating when you're relying on certain button presses and stuff for to dodge attacks because there's no defense. You either get hit, and when you get hit, mm. it takes a lot of your health because you can dodge it. And yeah. I just don't like it. Okay. Like I said, I'll try... Bowser's Inside Story because I'm hoping that Baby Mario and Baby Luigi aren't in it and therefore it doesn't involve me pressing eight different buttons to fight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, it just frustrated me. Um, but then I, I've i kind of gone, ah, modern games in the wake of a certain announcement this week and kind of retreated back into my retro shell a little bit. 
and I've been playing my... I, I think I said on the first podcast, I can't remember if it was on the actual first podcast, or the first podcast we recorded but didn't record, favourite game of all time, next to Turtles in Time and Bubble Bobble, Secret of Mana. Oh, I love it. It's just so nice to play, Thomas. Yes. I've been trying to coax you into playing it with me, but you won't. I've been too busy playing other games. You have, Tom, you have. Just very smooth. If you haven't played Secret of Mana by now and you like action RPGs, you should really get on that. Get on it. Yeah, I, I, I have played Secret of Mana on, on an emulator. We bring this up every now and again. We talk about retro games. I think we a do. lot of you have probably experienced uh, emulators and, and such over the years. And It's always nice to play it on the original console, but I, I think for a lot of us it's true we probably play it on an emulator. And yeah, I really like the game. Yeah. And I'm not an RPG fan, so... It's fantastic. It's kind of melds RPG with a an action adventure game like your know, links to the past mm. etc but it's got a battle system in the face that you've got like a meter that counts up to 100% then once that meter's at 100% then you do full damage yeah I love it it's my favorite game I'm not gonna go on about it because I will literally sit you for hours and talk about how much I love that game um, finally got a US PS2 game I played Grandier Extreme which I very much like I misquoted last week in saying that it's a first-person dungeon crawler. It's not. Apparently, that was scrapped early on in development. But we never saw it on Western shows, so I never got to play it, unfortunately. Uh, very good. Um, <laughs> a bit lengthy. It's funny. The voice acting is a bit... It was good. It's good, was but it, it just feels a bit dated. You know, I've seen so many better voice-acted RPGs since. But, you know, it's not annoying. It's not bad. It's I think good. the control looked a bit uh, touchy. It was okay, actually. Oh, was it? it? Okay. Yeah, it looked a lot... I think it looked a lot more than it did, and I was kind of worrying about the controls when I first went into it, but it was good. You got used to it, yeah. And, of course, the Grandia battle system is probably one of my favourite battle systems in any game franchise of RPGs, and I loved it. Um, and then I played a bit of Metro more recently. Literally, I just got this off playing it before Metro we recorded the podcast. 2033, the first one, and not last night. Last Light? Last Night? No, la- Last The new light. one, Last, last light. light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I've been told is very, very good. Um, and as you can tell, I haven't really bothered looking into it that much because I wanted to play the first one first just uh-huh. to kind of gauge the improvements. Very good game. I was kind of a bit, oh, uh, it's just a regular first-person shooter at first. Which, I, to be honest, I was kind of like with uh, Bioshock Infinite where I was like, oh, I don't care, it's a first-person shooter. But they've kind of introduced some um, paranormal elements and there's a few other things going on which have held my interest. Seems pretty good. Don't quite know why there's um, communists and Nazis and stuff in it, but I guess I'll find out. That just seemed a bit out of place. But I'm halfway through and I'm enjoying it. It doesn't seem to be very long, but I think I picked it up um, for 70 kroner in Blockbuster. So I'd say it's probably my Danish deal of the week just because it's very cheap. Danish deal of the week. So I ripped that right off Harry Hill's TV book. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Danish people won't know. Um, uh, yeah, it's good. I enjoy it. Um, played a bit more of uh, Lego City Undercover. And then I bought and played um, Mega Man, the original NES game. Oh, on you the did th- do that in the end? I bought it in the 3DS, yeah. I was going to get it on the Wii U, but I got it on the 3DS instead. It's a instead. shame it's not a cross-platform deal, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is a bit of a gutter. Yeah. i kind of come to expect that now with Sony. Sony is spoiling us. Sony? Yeah, if you buy stuff on the Wii Oh, Vita. sure, yeah, yeah, but you obviously download it on the Nintendo yeah. 3DS. Yeah, I downloaded it on the 3DS. Yeah. It won't be on my Wii U. The Wii U version's actually more expensive, I think. Mm. Which is why I bought it well, on the it 3DS. Well, it is bigger. Uh, it's quite small same on game, a though. 3DS. Yeah. Well, I just you're play it on my... for the bigger pixels. Are you really, though? And actually, you're paying the ability to play it kind of portable on your Wii U tablet. That I can do on my 3DS. See, that logic falls apart there. You can do that, but it's not... Oh, yeah, I've got a big 3DS. I have got an XL, yeah. So it's not that much okay. of a difference in okay. the screen size, I don't right. think. Yeah, I'll, I'll shut up. Yeah, and I, I won't mention <laughs> the others because we play them together. We'll take them after your list. Um, so what have you been playing? What have I been playing? Yeah. I completed Sonic 1 on the Master System on Saturday. Wowzers. Yes. Uh, this game is one of my all-time favourites. I've put it up there in my top 10 games of all time. I have, there's a lot of nostalgia for me playing this game because this is probably the game I played most as a kid. 
on my Master System. Yeah? Yeah, it was one of my first Master System games alongside Alex, Alex Kidd in Miracle World. And I think it's, it's a great package. I'd, I'd, I'd go as far as saying it's probably better than the Mega Drive Sonic game. Do you reckon? Yeah. I don't think the Mega Drive Sonic game is all that, bar Green Hill Zone. Okay. Interesting. I've not played the Master System version. I'm well, it, it's, it's, it's just a pretty solid game. It's, got, it's not the hardest game in the world, but, but as, as a kid, it definitely gave me sufficient challenge. Playing it again now, I, I managed to complete it in, in, in one sitting, but not all the Chaos Emeralds, so that's an extra yeah. challenge. Okay. Um, got great music. If you uh, try out a Bridge Zone, which is the second level, you may, the, the two may sound a little familiar to you. It uh, sounds a lot like a particular Janet Jackson tune. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Janet Jackson uh, ripped off Sonic uh, and <laughs> the Mass System version Bridge Zone Possibly music. ripped off Sonic. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it sounds a lot like it, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I, I was enjoying that very much. And I've had a bit of a Master System uh, revival this past week. Yeah, I've been seeing you. Yeah, I, I decided to purchase a few Mass System games off the Wii's Virtual Console. Yeah. And so it was after watching a, a, a video on YouTube. Uh, a guy had... Uh, I'll try and find the name, name of the guy here. He, uh, he put together a few compilation videos of uh, m- the soundtracks of Mass System games. Um, let me just see if I can find that for you. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, he's basically, I got I got the idea to purchase a few of these games from listening to the music. And there's one called Enduro Racer, which was uh, really fun. And it's a little bit like uh, isometric excite bike. Um, yeah, I think that's a pretty apt description yeah, from what I saw it, it, you playing it's, it. It's rather uh, linear. Uh, it's it's race within a time limit but you do have a you can upgrade your bike uh after each race depending on how well you do what how much time you've got left at the end of the race and uh, how many uh, cars or bikes you've passed on the way yeah so uh ali anger i think ali anger if you search for him on um youtube uh oh that's the mass system music there in the background all exciting Ooh. uh so so that's is spelled A L I A N G E R. Okay, so we put together a few little comp- compilations called uh, Sega Mass System Music Medleys. And uh, so he reminded me how good the music was in Sonic 1, introduced me to Enduro Racer. Also, I uh, pick, picked up a few other games. This is kind of turning into purchased as well here. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm on the subject, so I'll, I'll, I'll just go over this now. Alex Kid in Shinobi World, <coughs> uh, Wonder Boy. Uh, Fantasy Star and Wonder Boy in Monsterland, which is another one of my favourites uh, as a kid. Great game. And now I'm looking forward to using save states because I get to a certain point in that game where it was, it was either <laughs> <laughs> a character asks you a question, you have no idea what the answer is, you get it wrong, you give you three choices, get it wrong, game over. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh my god. I, I don't know if it's randomised every time you play it. I, I, if I was clever, I probably could have gone online. Yeah. But as a kid, you don't go online. You, you don't know the answer well, to the especially question. When you've you have got... to replay it till you find out what the right answer is. Oh my is. days, is there no indication? I, I, as a kid, I, I never saw it. Okay, So um, that's annoying. I'll go back to that with save states and maybe even complete Wonderboy Monsterland, which will be which will be fun. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if we go back to quick to what I've been playing, playing Mario Kart 7 on the bus... Uh, do you enjoy uh, Mario Kart? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mario Kart 7 is a great entry into the series. Uh, we played a little bit of Golden Axe. Me and my girlfriend, Claire, we played a, a bit of that the other day. And I, I was shocked to find, having Unlimited Continues, how short Golden Axe really is. Yeah, it's a pretty you know, damn short I, game. I, I played it previously, I think on... Actually, I didn't play it on the Mega Drive. I played it on Mega Drive Collection for the PS2. And in that, you didn't have Unlimited Continues. And I never really got very far. Yeah. On it actually, uh, was playing on my own as well. I completely. My brother, uh, he got given a Mega Drive uh, by someone he yeah. knew because they didn't want it anymore. Uh, when we were when he was a little bit older, I think like halfway through the PS One lifespan, okay. he was all have my Mega Drive, and it came with a sixty-one card. Yeah. And I played it on there. Really enjoy it. It's, it's a fun game, but incredibly short. I, I enjoy the, the end sequence, which reminded me a little bit of Blazing Saddles, where all the ca- the characters come out of the arcade machine, just as the characters in the film come out of the, the theatre and, 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 and such. Um, it was good fun, but, but as I say, short, but cheap. 
I'll say I picked it up on the PlayStation Network store in, in a sale they had on this week. It was only pound fifty, I think. Uh, oh, that's Mass System games on eBay. Ooh. Um, blinging up there. Um, so, yeah, played a bit of that. Played a bit of Fatal Fury, which I purchased the other week. This is Fatal Fury Special, a downloadable title for the Xbox 360. Uh, good fun game. Perfectly uh, good to play with the arcade stick, which I was enjoying very much. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm getting lost here in my list. <laughs> oh, there's so many this week. We, we played a bit of Final Fight together. We did, yeah. We played it literally like after you played Golden After we Axe. played Golden yeah. Axe, we were on a bit of a side-scrolling beat-em-up kind of run, and uh, we completed Final Fight together. This we was, did. Uh, the PlayStation uh, Network version, uh, complete with, uh, I think, Magic Sword. It's a double pack called Fatal Fury Double Impact, I think. Oh, okay. It is available now in the, uh, the same sale I got a Golden Axe in. But I, I, I think I purchased the game some time ago. I think it's also on sale on the Xbox, right? If I remember right from actually, I, I think I think you might be. It's definitely advertised on the uh, main dashboard. Final Fight, you know, you can't argue with it. One of the uh, greatest side-scrolling beat-em-ups. Uh, one of the 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 earlier ones as well. I can't remember who I was talking to on Twitter, but someone said they actually bought the Mega CD uh, to play it because Final Fight's their favorite game, so they bought it. Yeah, the, the Mega CD. CD version of Final Fight is very good. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's it's at, at a point it was the best version. Since then, now we've had uh, versions on the arcade version has been seen on uh, Capcom collections, yeah. uh, and most recently in the Double Impact, which is a great version of it. I can't see any faults with it. Yeah, I will mention my one qualm with it though, because I've I had it on the Super Nintendo, but I think it's one of those games my brother sold, and is that I don't remember there being like. Uh, friendly fire so to speak I, I never remember being Ooh, able to hit people hit guy, yeah. ah, kind of annoyed the hell out of me especially when you're trying to hit a boss and then you accidentally <laughs> hit other people it's, it's like oh well it takes the enjoyment out of it because you've got to kind of just like stand back and let the other person fight the boss because yeah, if you hit always them funny, you'll isn't it? die when you hit the other guy oh, but like even, oops sorry even double dragon on the NES I didn't have to worry about that did he not? no uh, Streets of Rage you can hit the other guy See, I never played games on Mega Drive. Okay. So, yeah, Turtles in Time. Apart from Golden Axe. Don't see <laughs> Leonardo smacking Donatello. Don't even do it in Golden Axe. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And other than that, played a bit of Rival Schools on a PS1. Um, maybe a little little obscure uh, fighting game, which plays incredibly well. It's incredibly fast. It's incredibly ahead of its time for a PS1 game and still very enjoyable to this day. Uh, most recently, I think one of the characters, Batsu, I think his name is, he was in uh, that Capcom versus Tatsunoko on the uh, on the Wii. Wii. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Isn't so, uh, Sakura from there? From uh, Street Fighter Sakura, I think, was always originally in Street Fighter Alpha, but she appears in, in Rival Schools, Schools as well. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's correct. And <laughs> play a few of the 3D fighters. Uh, we had a friend, Austin, around this weekend. I introduced him to Star Wars, Masters of... Terry Cashy, or whatever it's called. That looked wonderful. Yeah, it, it's a little ropey. Um, I have to, I have to say, I've played worse, but it, yeah. <laughs> not by far, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, it's worth worth checking out on YouTube. Uh, it's a bit of a curiosity, but it's not a premier uh, kind of fighting game. It suffers from the old um, floaty jump of the original Virtua Fighter. Oh boy! You know, so. Um, it would have been one of those games I would have played and hated. What was cool is you could press a couple of buttons and whip out a weapon, though. So yeah. Han gets his blaster out, Luke gets his lightsaber out. And if I remember back when I kind of knew what I was doing with it, uh, some moves are quite good. You can throw the lightsaber and there's lots of Street Fighter kind okay. of quarter circle commands. Um, yeah. So really what cool. you're telling me is there's no zero divide. Yeah, zero to five. It's a brilliant yeah. game. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> Soul Blade, we played a bit of. Uh, we actually uh, before that we've been playing Soul Calibur Five on the Xbox, which is always a lot of fun. Oh, so good. Uh, Soul Blade still holds up pretty well, actually, especially if you compare it to something like the the Star Wars uh, fighting game we played previously. A lot of the dead or alive style jiggle, right? The, there's though. a little bit of jiggle. You know, I'd never noticed that in Soul Blade before. Uh, but it's a lot more subtle. Yeah, okay. We did play Dead or Alive after that, and yeah, the, 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 the difference is noticeable. Yeah, the original Dead or Alive on the um, PS1 just still looks nice. It's so smooth. Yeah, it looked great from what I saw. Yeah, it, it was it really uh, one of the best of, it, of its time. Uh, but what struck us both as playing with Austin was uh, the, the roster of characters 
so small on these older fighting games. Even, yeah, yeah. But even Street Fighter, uh, Street Fighter Two had more eight. characters. Street, in Fighter. Street Fighter Two, well, eight. First one, really? Yeah. I seem to remember there being Ryu, more. Ken, Guile, E Honda, Chun Li, Blanca, Zangief, and I've gotten. Okay, Uyo. okay. Super yeah. Street Fighter had a few more, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But nowadays we're used to roster. We're used to rosters of. Massive character rosters in the fighting games. Yeah. Um, and it was just, just interesting to see because we were just trying to play in as each character, you know. And uh, we played the game up until we played as every character. And yeah, yeah. we weren't playing for that long. It's, uh, it's interesting to see how, how fighting games have developed and really, on the whole, very uh, polished, you know. Yeah. Nowadays, you know, Soul Calibur Five's a, a shiny example. Dalsim is the last Street Fighter. There we go. I was just, uh, just racking my brain and tapping on the brain. table. Yeah. Of course, Matt also mentioned you played Lego City Undercover. We all had a little bit of a bash on that this we week. We did, yeah. It's, um, it's a great game and a good reason to pick up a, um, a Wii U, I'd say. Yeah, it was. Um, <coughs> I actually played it with the man who designed Chase McCain, which is quite funny. Oh, yeah. oh we did. <laughs> we did. He, he approved. Justin Carmine. Justin Carmine. There we go. There's a shout out for you, uh, Justin. And uh, we also played uh, on, on that yesterday afternoon, a bit of Mario Kart Double Dash together. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's my favourite, I have to say, still. I still... But yes, towards the Super Nintendo version, I know it's not the best one, but it's, yeah, so well, many memories. Well, I think Double Dash is going for it. It's got a great track design. It's fast. I like the mechanic of having two people per car. It's fun just so having two I. characters. I just remember the handling being so much better, and admittedly, I did. You you'd had the terrible, terrible car. cars, <laughs> but like, oh, it's just yeah, it felt I, a bit. I, maybe it's something you know. It you have to get used to it again. You couldn't get used to the GameCube controller again. Really? Like, yeah. It's so comfortable and Honestly, nice. I haven't used one in like four, five years, I think. It's it's like it's it's for me it's one of the few controllers that melts into your hand. No, it is a fantastic controller, but like it's just it feels so weird after playing, you know, the Xbox and the PS3, whereas, you know, same kind of layout, D pad, two circle analog sticks and four button layout to go into the GameCube mm. which has you know it's got the Z button on the shoulder it's got the two triggers and then it's kind of got that arrow shaped thing of the B, A, X and Y in that position and I mean you know once I got used to it but it's just it's not totally perfect some time. for all games no. I, I used to have a copy of uh, Capcom vs SNK 2 EO whatever yeah. it was called and uh, yeah, you'd want to use a D-pad to do the moves, and yeah, the D-pad just isn't sufficient for a 2D fighting game. Yeah. Uh, so I quickly traded that in for the Xbox version, which I had an arcade stick for my yeah. original Xbox, so that was that was perfect. Um, yeah, great fun playing Mario Kart Double Dash again. A very competitive game. Really enjoyed it. Um, we finished off the evening by playing some Beatles rock band. We did. I'm kind of a bit sad. Like, you know, I remember... I don't think at least there's going to be another Guitar Hero or Rock Band for a very long time. But I, I look at this, they've left us with some great games. Maybe they won't be making any more of them, but there's so many. Yeah. Rock Band 3 is kind of um, the, the, the ultimate one, in my opinion, because it had the. Everything was just kind of perfect. The way that the, the, they kind of, over the years, in, improved, improved little things in the game. Yeah. Whereas when they got to Rock Band 3, they even introduced the keyboard, which I'd love to have played, but I never managed to find one for the Wii. Um, but yeah, it's still there for us to play if we want to. Maybe they don't make any new ones. But. Yeah, but you know, it's kind of sad. Like, it's it was so fun and of its time. Like, you know, where you just get people around and you just have a, you just have a piss around. I think it's because they flooded the market with subpar... Mm. Spin-offy titles. And there are like, a lot of Guitar Hero games. Yeah. They really didn't need to be so many. No, and I think that kind of killed it. I think it was just because it seemed to be a new one out every month. Yeah. That's it wasn't working out. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Yeah. But, yeah, it was good. Enjoyed it. And that, I think, is pretty much... It's quite quite a lot there. Uh, yeah, you what, have been playing quite a lot been this, playing week. this week. been playing this week. But really, on the whole, what I've really been playing with i played sonic quite a bit and played uh, mario kart 7 quite a bit the other ones we, we dipped 
dip into adequate yeah. multiplayer bash so on any bit of spare time i found myself gaming has been playing secret of mana yeah. oh secret of mana yes no, calm down calm down uh, should we move on to what we've bought this week? I know yeah. I've already mentioned a few of mine, but maybe maybe you can start. Sure. Um, I my bought, like I said, I was going back to the UK, which is exciting because games are quite reasonably priced. Um, Compared I, to Denmark? Yeah, in comparison to Denmark. I bought a PlayStation 3 RPG that I've not played, published by NIS, um, who generally do some of the more obscure. Who are they? Um, NIS. NIS America, NIS. yeah. NIS. Uh, they tend to publish uh, like the... Arland series, the other RPGs have been buying. Um, and it's called, and um, this is just probably reason why RPGs get a bit of flack because this is the most unpronounceable name in the world. And I've not delved into the game. It's R. Tonilico Koganel of RCL. Are you is talking the name Welsh? Of the game. <laughs> no, I'm not. I wish I was. Um, yeah, I haven't played it, just know it was an RPG, just picked it up because it was very, very cheap in HMV in Oxford Street. Um, I'll let you know how that is. Uh, but Metro, like I said, Danish of the Week, 70 kroner in Blockbuster, but I've heard you can get it very cheap in the UK as well. Finally, finally, finally found a Rune Factory game on the DS after absolutely months of searching for one. Found the second instalment in a frequent haunt of mine while I was living in London for a brief period of time uh, called M1 Games in Islington. Uh, pretty much get out for Tube Station in Angel. Burger King's on one side and the NatWest Bank's on the other side. Carry on up that street. It's usually got markets on it. But halfway down the street, you see a small sign on the left that's pointing to a game shop. Go in there. Fantastic game shop. Lots of JRPGs. Lots of really cool, obscure niche titles and some imports as well, from what I remember. Uh, I didn't really get a chance. I kind of knew what I was going in there for. Just kind of went in, looked for um, Devil Survivor Overclocked on the 3DS, which unfortunately they didn't have. The guy said they only had one in and it sold out. But found a Rune Factory game. Very, very happy boy. Can't wait to play it. Just kind of trying to polish off some of the other DS titles I've started before I delve into it. Mm. I can't wait. Uh, got Star Fox Command as well, another absolute bargain in um, Oxford Street in London. I'm guessing probably the same in your local HMV if they if they have a copy. Uh, two ninety nine, I paid for it. Um, yeah, you, so you don't say no to two ninety nine. No, exactly worth a flutter, especially for a Star Fox game. Um, and then I bought uh, my One Three DS, which I've also mentioned. Um, save states on that, which is very nice. And the first five are on there, so once I've played that, I'll probably go on to the second. And then I bought Illusion of Time. Uh, it's part of the Soul Blazer trilogy. Pub, uh, Soul, yeah, Soul Blazer. Getting confused that, with your Soul Blazer. Oh, you bought that it's online, a, did you? Super Nintendo, yeah. It's yeah. Um, part of the trilogy. It's Soul Blazer, which doesn't seem to be on a lot of lists. Like, I've been doing a bit of investigating, and I was quite surprised because I've bought a lot of American RPGs to find that there's only six that were localized to PAL in. For the Super Nintendo. Yeah, it seems very, very, very strange. I didn't realise it was that little a number. Um, Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, Illusion of Time, Terra Enigma, Lagoon, and Lufia 2. Those are the only games, apparently. Um, Soul Blazer, like I said, is published in Scandinavia. Very fortunate to have found a copy for a relatively decent price. Well, very decent price, actually. I only paid, I think I paid 300 kroner for it, whereas usually it goes for a couple of hundred pounds so happy with that but yeah it's the second game in the series um actually called illusion of gaia in the states a very good action rpg it's the only one of them i've actually i actually know i tell a lie i've played terra enigma as well never completed it though because i borrowed it from a friend but yeah can't wait to play it i'm just gonna sit down so many rpgs to play matt I know, but um, like I said, I've kind of retreated into my shell of the Super Nintendo you now. I'm all one of those portable SNES. I do really on want Nesboz. one of those portable SNESs yeah. off Nesboz. I Yeah, I'm thinking of getting one. I think for the uh, SNES library, that's pretty pretty cool. It's a whole 600 kroner, though. That's what's putting me off. 600 kroner for a portable NES? Yeah. Is it, is it compatible with every game, do you know? I'm not too sure. I yeah, think you have to be careful with these. That's what I'm wondering, because uh, like I said, uh, Tom's actually got a modded Super Nintendo that plays multi-region games, and I can't put Secret of Mana up to 60 hertz because it gives me a warning saying the game can't be played on this console if I die. 
So that's a bit gutting. But yeah, those are my buys this week. I'll probably pick up Lagoon, I think. I might also pick up Resident Evil Revelations, but I'll let you know. Just that it's nearly 50 quid here in Denmark, and I'm not paying that. Nah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I've already mentioned a few. So Wii Virtual Console Enduro Racer, Alex Kid Shinobi World, Wonder Boy, Wonder Boy Monsterland, Sonic One, and Fantasy Star. He, I think they were like 500 Wii points each. Okay. I I, I bought myself 2,000 points, 21 pounds. It's not too bad. I, I mean, do I, one, two, three, four, five, six. Now, not too bad considering what the cartridges would cost you for some of these, especially Fantasy Star. Well, that's, that's what I'm that's thinking. Nearly 20 quid. That'll be 20 quid on its own. So. Yeah. That was all right. Um, Sonic Adventure 2 popped up at 400 points this week, half price. I do already own it on Dreamcast and I've, the GameCube, respectively. I've got it on the GameCube. Do you buy it on the Wii? On, on, not on the Wii, on the Xbox okay. 360. Did yeah. you buy it on the Xbox 360? I did. Uh, oh, I, Tom. Did, well, I'd already bought Sonic 1 and 2 and 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles again because I was going for all the achievements. So uh, I will play through Sonic Adventure 2 and get all the achievements. It's one of those games that I can complete. I can never get all the emblems on it. You're going to buy Sonic Adventures 1? I already got it on the Xbox. Have you? Yeah, ah. I got it on the uh, Sega Dreamcast collection. Oh, yeah, with um, Space Channel 5. And yeah, Space Channel 5 Part 2, that was it's good to get hold of that eventually. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't that widely available? Um, okay, so I bought a few more games I technically already own. Uh, Street <laughs> oh, Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade. Uh, Matt very generously bought this for me, uh, I think for Christmas. Was I did it? get a few for Christmas. Uh, yeah. On the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3 version was just over a fiver. Yeah, I did actually try and get the PlayStation 3 version for Tom for Christmas because I know his preference towards playing fighters on the PS3. I Go wouldn't have bought it if it wasn't five quid, though. Yeah, I was yeah. Quite happy with the, the 360 version. You were a too tired of Capcom taunting you that your version was only super. Yeah, that's it. You know, I couldn't play Super Street Fighter 4 on my PS3 without me telling you it's inferior. So, yeah. <laughs> damn Capcom, you won. Uh, nothing. King of Fighter 13, I, I, I purchased again on the PS3. Um, but this was worth it, I think. This was the gold version. So this was all the add-on con- content, all the extra characters, uh, PlayStation uh, themes for the console, and lots of avatar items. Uh, and so I think it's always nice to have them installed on the console. Yeah. I think I'm getting lazy. I don't like to find the disc and put it in. I just like them all to be there in the list. So what do I want to play together? Just scroll down the list. Well, it shows you filled your hard drive. 250-gig <laughs> hard drive, Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, you know, it reasonably, seemed reasonable. I mean, Reasonably priced, it was about £10. Yeah, and, I mean, you get all the DLC, you get extra fighters and stuff. I yeah, mean, so you know, I saw it as I was just getting a bonus copy of the game I already owed again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so. Well, that's good. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm kind of going to try and start the hashtag friends don't let friends buy games. Because anytime Tom goes on one of these crazy purchasing sprees, I'm like... Do you really need it? And I was like, oh, I can't really argue with that because you would have probably bought all the DLC anyway. Yeah, I, I like fighting games. And I think it's my only like real thing that I struggle with. You know, if I see a new fighting game, I, I usually go out there and get it, especially if it's something like SoCal, SoCal, the Street Fighter, King of Fighters, you know, those sort of... Fortunately things. for you, though, fighters generally, as a rule, more affordable than JRPGs. Well, yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a few on the Saturn, a couple of Astra Superstars, I think, which is rather expensive, which I've always fancied, but yeah, I've never picked that one up. Uh, I've also got uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Origins, which is Marvel vs. Capcom, Capcom 1, yeah. which I do own on the Dreamcast back in the UK, but you know, exactly, we're not going to bring a Dreamcast over here. So. Maybe, maybe oh, not. Gosh. I don't know. I might bring one of my Dreamcasts home. I'll have to buy Egg then. Egg looks like a nice RPG, yeah. Um, and of course, picked up Golden Axe. These are all in um, a little bit of a sale there, an Ultimate Warrior sale on PS3. At first, it was a bit disconcerting because you, you'd put this item in your uh, uh, basket, which was £5 something, and then you'd go in the basket and you find the price had doubled. So um, I held off buying them. I actually sent a, a, a tweet after my tweet, but I needed to get this fixed. So I sent a tweet to. Uh, what would you call them moderator or something who looks after uh, problems with the PlayStation yeah. Network store and I, I'm kind of gonna just big up Sony for the rest of this podcast because that seemed nice that you tweeted them with a the problem they got back to you straight away 
and well, they they said, did actually. I didn't check if they got back to me. I don't yeah. know if they ever did. But as soon as I tweeted, I looked back on the store and it had been fixed. So I, I must say, you know, uh, it did take him a day, I think. Yeah. Since the problem arose, but they fixed it, and I wouldn't have purchased those games without them fixing it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, uh, a couple others. Uh, I picked up a copy of Two Crew Dudes for the Mega Drive. Okay. This is a, a side-scrolling platform beat 'em up thing, which I'd seen a video of ages ago and remember thinking that was cool. I wrote it on an old list of games that I wanted to buy, and uh, I saw uh, the the the. Uh, NTSC copy, reasonably cheap, yeah, uh, cheaper than the PAL copies on eBay. So, to my Mega Drive back home can play NTSC games. I as thought well. all of them good. I, I I don't know. My copy of Shinobi, Revenge of Shinobi, is a uh, Genesis. Maybe they can. It's the only Mega Drive I've ever owned, though. It has a sixty hertz switch and a, another switch for a blah, 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 region. Okay, maybe so. it, maybe it is a thing then. But yeah, like I said, my copy of Revenge of Shinobi's. US. Yeah, I think maybe they play US ones fine. It's just, I don't know if they play Japanese ones because the cartridge slot's different. Okay. On my Mega Drive, it's again like my SNES, it's the cartridge slot's kind of cut. Yeah. So it'll fit the uh, Japanese cartridges in. Okay. So two crew dudes. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, three SNES games. I got Go Go Ackman 1, 2, and 3. These are action platformers uh, where the uh, character design has been done by Kira Toriyama who uh, is famous for creating Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z amongst others like Dr. Slump um, also famous in the game world for doing the Dragon Quest Dragon art Quest. and he's Chrono done, Trigger of course he's done an awful lot of work in video games uh, and these ones I always used to enjoy uh, playing on, on an emulator and um, I was lucky enough to find a copy of Gogo Atman 1 which was a reproduction copy of the game not okay. an official release cartridge but it's the, the the version on the cartridge has been translated from yeah. uh, japanese to english so that's an i think quite a collectible i imagine it's quite a collectible item the cartridge looks like a genuine pal copy of the game or the game was never released in pal how much do you pay for that nearly 40 pounds including postage ah uh, see this is what puts me off uh, because you can buy copies of Psychedetsu 3, uh, Secret of Mana 2, that have been put on a nice cart and they come yeah. with a nice, a nice manual sticker. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's going for about 60 quid. And I'm just like, oh, I just can't bring myself to I wouldn't to have stretched it. to 60 quid. But like, I, I've always wanted to play it, but I, I'm... Oh. I, 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 was, I, I had in my mind, I was thinking, you could pay £40 for a brand new game. Yeah, this is my and reason. And I'm like, Go Go Atman's a game I, I always used to enjoy and uh, I'm quite happy to pay that for it. I paid sixty for Terra Enigma. It's okay. Yeah. So that that brings me to uh, an end of games I purchased this week. Another kind Bloody of uh, you've. It's been a long week for you. Oh God, yeah. Playing, purchasing games. What happened last week was so quiet. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Jinkies. Tom. I think I've just won something else on eBay. I don't know. Really. Oh dear. Um, are we going to talk about the uh, announcement that uh, happened Tuesday of last week? I think we should. Um kind of not going to go off on a rant about it. I've We've talked about this quite a lot, and I know it's been going on the internet for the past week as well. I've so. kind of posted up as well. If you go to uh, Tom and Matt Attack forward slash podcast, you can actually... I wrote an article about it that's not biased, in all fairness. I'm still waiting till E3. And a lot of these things that have been released since weren't released at the time, and I'm kind of going, that seems bad, mm -hmm. but... Yeah, um, so... Microsoft, what we're talking about is the Xbox One. Xbox One reveal. Um, Tom pointed out to me, actually, while we sat down waiting for the whole countdown and all the crazy pumping bass music was oh, going on. I was on. getting so pumped. Tom goes to me, he goes, oh, he goes, that was weird, though, wasn't it, on the dashboard? And I said, what's that? And he goes, oh, well, it says... Um, wasn't it something along the lines of, oh, it's an entertainment reveal? The biggest it reveal is. in entertainment? I'll tell in you the exact. The future, I think, of entertainment entertainment the exact quote was a new generation revealed witness entertainment history on the oh, 21st of may um to something i didn't even notice i was just like yeah xbox yay new xbox and tom pointed that out and i was like "Ooh, I'm a bit worried about that the now. focus is on entertainment the whole the name xbox one means xbox all in one yes um not 
that is the first Xbox, because as we know, there's been another two. Um, there seems to be a trend as well um, of obviously Microsoft seem to want us just to go back to calling it the Xbox. Is my I read this tweet on yeah the, uh, earlier, <laughs> and then everyone's just like everyone's calling it the Xbone now. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I think they're gonna stick. I hope not, but I've seen it a lot on Twitter. So yeah. Yeah. What would I call it? The one. Oh, they want people to call it the one. They do, don't they? They just want to call it one or the one. Want to rule them all. Yeah. There can be only one. Yeah. Sad. Um, but is it? Is it? Is it so great? This is a, a, the question. Um, <gasps> they didn't focus on games in the press conference, which was frustrating. They, they mentioned games. They mentioned a few big titles, big sequels like uh, Forza Five. Uh, what else did he mention? Call of Duty Ghosts. FIFA. And FIFA. They NFL. did hint at something Remedy are working on, which looked like an FMV game. At first. Actually, I've, <laughs> I've kind of heard an opinion online that they're, they're saying that with this Xbox TV thing, much like the Halo thing, that it's going to be maybe that they'll show a TV episode and then it'll kind of be like an episodic game that takes place between the TV or the action of that TV episode that then you okay. replay. Yeah. So it will kind of be like a, an yeah. FMV that, game, but an FMV game of the future. That's interesting. And and uh, let's let's address this right now, that the Xbox press conference was a lot about the TV functionality of it the was, Xbox. It was, and while it looked intriguing, the ability essentially to flick between TV apps and also games, they've said that there's three operating systems in the console you know, that kind of work. For me, though, you, you can leave your TV on, you know, just playing, switch the channel, the source on your remote and be playing on your Xbox. You could just press that button and switch back to TV anyway. I have seen very many a sarcastic comment that's just saying, I've already got one of these. It's called a Digibox. It's got a TV remote. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Sony's fucking brilliant comment of um, we aim to utilise your TV for gaming was there coming back mm. to it of just posting this ad in uh, the Metro in the UK but like I, I don't know it seems interesting honestly like from a completely unbiased point of view of what I think about what I don't like while obviously like things like NFL sports leagues and all this kind of stuff oh yeah never going to appeal to me on sports again. It, it may as well have called it the X bro essentially <laughs> but like it's it seemed interesting I see what they're trying to do with it and I mean if they can they've set up this whole entertainment in sequence of Microsoft now from the looks of things. They've set up this whole sector of Microsoft that's going to be focusing on entertainment and they revealed that they're doing a new Halo TV series with Steven Spielberg. And if they can do this thing where it's kind of like tying them together seamlessly and doing all their entertainment things in-house as well as creating the games, because usually, you know, get a franchise game and it's just like, oh yeah, well, Iron Man flies around. Okay, Iron Man's going to fly around. He's going to shoot some bad guys. If they can get that right and get like a good licensed game that has like TV support, like obviously um, Defiance is it? It's yeah, kind of been, it is a trend now. Isn't Defiance it? has been slated though because Defiance is actually um, the game and the TV show don't really tie into each other okay. that much, other than like brief references. But will they ever really? Now, I mean, this is what they're hoping to do with the uh, Halo TV series, I guess. Yeah. The new Halo games. Yeah. But yeah, usually the t- TV series in the game. Quite but it, far it, removed. It's very interesting because I've been reading a lot recently and I read a book called Extra Lives and I can't remember the guy's name. I'll put it in the podcast description. And essentially, he's saying that, um, and a lot of games developers think this way, which is quite interesting why they've made this move that games can't really go beyond what they're doing of telling story. And, like, there's even an amazing quote by uh, Cliff Bozinski in the game, and he's saying that we didn't really want cutscenes that much in Gears of War, even mm. though they were cutscenes, because he said it takes the game away from the yes, player. I do and, agree. I mean, you know, I play JRPGs, so I'm kind of used to cutscenes telling the story, and I kind of don't mind it, but I know you and my girlfriend Gemma as well. Both here, you you always skip cutscenes in story. You don't care. You it, just it, want to it play the game. It depends how into the story you are. You know, sometimes for me, cutscenes seem necessarily long, and they they, they they don't necessarily need to be there. It it depends. I always bring this up, but Shenmue, I was invested in that game and the characters, and I I wanted to see what was happening. I I felt everything was was one. 
in that game. And when cutscenes seem far removed from the the action, it depends what kind of game it is. You mentioned Gears of War, that's an action game. Yeah. You know, you, you, you kind of pump in to just shoot stuff. You know, and you get a cutscene, it's like, come on, you know, you, you're in the flow. Yeah. And maybe these cutscenes interrupt the flow of a game like that. But this is worth kind of saying, um, the book kind of heavily stipulates that games won't be able to tell stories until they've moved away from TV and film, until they've kind of said, look, these are genre traits of TV and film, you know, like in an action game where there's always people running and firing guns and stuff in cutscenes going, yes, I'm a man, bang, 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 bang. It's just games need to realise that you can't impart storytelling like just shoveling at people like it needs to be an engaging part of the process or it needs to be narrative or it needs to be something else that we haven't quite figured out yet and we're kind of getting to the stage where we may have the technology to figure something out Mm -hmm. that can engage people but at the moment it's either script or it'll be just guy going wow isn't that really great that elmer keeps his gun on the gun rack by the door and then you go to the gun rack over the door and it's like oh there's elmer's gun oh i can use this to open the door ah brilliant ah and it's just i think games serve as a as a cool aid you know you've watched a film now you you, you think i really like to kind of play that action sequence that i watched in that film and that's what the video game version uh, of a film should be it should be giving you the ability to just do all the fun stuff they did in that film, not necessarily retell the story of the yeah. film. You've got, you've had that already. You just want to play the the film. Exactly, and I mean, yeah. who wants to at the end of the day? I mean, who wants to pay forty pound for an Iron Man game? And I know we're using this as an example. I don't know if the Iron Man game's any good. They never used to be. No, no, they didn't. <laughs> but like you know, it, who wants to pay forty pound to play a game that they've already seen in the cinema, told in? A better way, really. The gameplay's got to be something special, and it, it's got to be about the gameplay. It, it can't needs be to be a game. Yeah. Like it needs to be itself. Like it can't. It's you're just gonna get. What's the point of you playing a game that might be like eight nine hours if you can just go watch the film and get in part of this information? Probably feel more for the characters because they're believable actors. They're human beings in front of you, mm. saying this is the story. This is why FMV games are so. Good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring back FMV games is what we're trying to say. Um, but yes, now we, we should we should go back to the the point at hand. Which yeah, is, I think we should. Yeah, we kind of digressed a little it, bit. It, I it, apologize. It, yeah. No, it was an interesting little conversation actually. Um, the Xbox One. Yeah. Well, what more can we say about the console? It's going to be powerful. We we know that it's going to be very powerful. Actually, EA have kind of come out and said that it's a generation in front of PCs. They believe um, really. And and is is it? I've not read anything on this. Is it on par with PS4? What does anyone actually know? Um, Sony have actually said on? their specs, and Microsoft are keeping them close yeah. to the chest, which kind of means Makes to you me think that they're probably that they're no I, better. They're either on par with each other, or maybe the PS4 has the edge, and as has something been previously. Yeah, and by edge. It's only a little yeah, thing. Little Games things. will always have to be developed as a multi-format, so but you can't make one so much yeah. better than the other, but unless appa- they're instant exclusive. Yeah, yeah, but apparently now the the coding and stuff for them is pretty similar, from what I understand, mm. um, with the previous generation and why everyone's like, oh, yeah, the PS3 version's better than the Xbox, the Xbox version's better than the, P- the PS3 or the PC or whatever. Like, why they were so different is the the architecture of how they were built. And while the PS3 was apparently from industry people very, it could be utilized to make better games theoretically mm. that run better with better graphically, it was so hard to develop for, and to bear in mind that you needed to port it to another console and maybe to PC mm. or. Whatever. I know as uh, with Bayonetta, the, I remember a lot of talk about that at the time. The two different versions were yeah. quite different and. Uh, but like yeah. apparently it's just that it was a nightmare to develop for and like only a few games companies and they were usually Sony obviously because they were the people who were just working exclusively with that hardware yeah. were only really the people that utilised it to its full extent and hopefully this generation that shouldn't be an issue. It does look impressive. Like I really liked how they were saying like look you can you can play a mini game or whatever you can play Angry Birds or you can watch a film on Netflix while you're looking for matchmaking so you can kind of like you seamlessly go in and out of things. Yeah, it's nice. You don't have to be waiting for menu screens. And, and that's such. not the issue for me. Like, 
okay, they didn't focus on games as much as they possibly should have. But like I said in that article I wrote, that's because they've ticked every box. They've made sure everyone's talking about it, even if it's negative. People are talking about it, and people will continue to talk about it until you could say now. they put an X in every box. They have. Uh, like um, um, yeah, I think what would excite me about the console if it if it had been offering something a new new game experiences, and I kind of hinted at that with Connect. If you're interested in the in the motion gaming side of things, um, I know not everyone is so interested. I know yourself, Matt. You're not too too bothered. You have a Connect and you don't use it, so I, have a I imagine <laughs> don't really. Yeah, you know, I, I, I apart like from saying fr- Xbox, Netflix, or whatever, or, or accidentally <laughs> saying Xbox and then it ca- and then it doing something, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But the camera will be substantially better this time around. They, it will. They've worked a lot on uh, making it the, the best it can possibly be. Well, the fact that it can pick up subtle things like hand movements and that kind of stuff yeah. is mind-boggling. So this is quite a revelation in a way for video games. It if is, they can utilize yeah. this to create some very innovative motion-controlled games, then maybe uh, the Xbox One is something to look out for. But I'm afraid because of that. Like, I... My mum has a Windows 8 laptop, and my mum can't use technology anyway. So, like, the way it's set out and stuff, I thought, okay, this may be a bit easier for her to use. But there's so many... It tries to be so clever, and there's so many little gestures and stuff on the touchpad when you just want to move the mouse so you can click stuff that I'm afraid that they're going to make, like, you know, like they were doing on the presentation where they were like bringing oh, the their hands. hands together and bringing it apart. Well, they're trying I, to make it easier, though. But I they? don't want to do that when I'm watching a film. Can you imagine if you, like, reach for popcorn and it pauses the film? I hope the, a- the actions are specific enough to, you know, not let that happen. I hope not. I, I'm I'm okay with Connect, and, like, I'm a bit worried um, because they've said that there's... 15 games going to be developed by Microsoft for the first year. Um, eight of those are going to be new franchises. Didn't specify how many of those were Connect games. And I'm kind of a bit worried that they're going to go, yeah, we got all these amazing first-party games. We got the game from Remedy, Quantum... Quantum? What was it? I can't remember. I keep wanting to say Quantum Leap. Red or Quantum Redshift. Remember that Quantum one? Redshift. Uh yeah, the that game from Remedy, they got Forza. That seemed to be about it. Unless but they come out at E3 and go, yeah, we got a new Halo game, surprise! Then I I don't Halo see what they're going to do. Like, um, Yeah, but could could the future of games be more about motion gaming? I think the, the Sony and Microsoft like putting these functionalities into machines now, they, they're sticking with Move and uh, Microsoft is sticking with Connect. Just in case, you know, that maybe that's the next big thing. What do, what do you what do you think? Do you think it'll ever really become the big thing, I motion gaming? I don't know. Like, uh, it, it could. So, obviously, so like, if it does get to that stage, I mean, obviously, like, PC games companies now are trying to utilise the Oculus Rift, which has kind of got, Oh, like, wow, that, this sounds like this sci-fi kind of uh, terror to the Oculus Rift. Yeah, yeah, for those who don't know, it's essentially a thing you stick over your head and then it acts as a screen and then you can see out of it and it utilises you being able to move your head around and then you do that in game. Apparently, I've heard it's not perfect. I haven't experienced it myself. Um, a few people I like, talked to over the old Twitter have got um, like motion sickness from playing it because you look down, mm. your hands aren't oh. actually there. Yeah, I can imagine that. If I get motion sickness from playing Duke Nukem 3D, then I imagine I can from that. I'm sure we talked about this last week, <laughs> so I'll skip over it quick. But like a very interesting thing as well is uh, I noticed um, from uh, the Giant Bomb cast, uh, Giant Bombs podcast, is that they were saying that both cameras for the PS4 and the Xbox are very, very large. And so they seem to think that that's kind of an indication of them kind of pushing for territory on your TV because obviously you need it needs to be dead center and if it's such a large thing then only one of them can go dead center. Really? So you potentially can't own both consoles potentially. effectively? Yeah, um, and that's very worrying. Oh no, there'll be a way around that. I yeah, um, sure. but no, it looks, two TVs. It looks very powerful. <laughs> I I think the console looks okay. I think it looks. You know? Oh yeah, the design of the thing—very boxy, very square. They've gone away from uh, 
their kind of blobby thing. I was speaking to Matt earlier about the difference between the uh, Xbox and the PlayStation design. And for me, initially, the Xbox was much more like a games console. The controller had its like brightly coloured buttons yeah. and it was kind of fat and kind of fun. And, yeah. uh, and, and then the PlayStation more sleeks streamlined you know it was an entertainment system you watch blu-rays on it and such and now yeah. microsoft's like well, well we want a bit of that let's make ours look yeah, more but sophisticated made, they seem to have made that the focus of their console yeah. and that's what i'm scared which is a shame for. because to me the xbox was more of a games console than the, the it felt like more of a games console than the ps3 yeah and i mean we didn't yeah we didn't, talked about it last week and i mean we both love the 360 um and it's just a bit of a shock really that it's so focused on entertainment now, at least from what we've seen, like the fact that it's all about game, uh, it's all about TV as opposed to gaming, the fact that it's going to have 3D support, and it just seems... It's really the wrong thing to put an emphasis on for a lot of people. It makes Sony seem really fresh. Like, you know, (laughs) they gave people like indies and stuff space in their development conference to talk about things. It's just like... Hey, we it, know you like FIFA and Call of Duty. Yeah. You know that game that comes out every year. Well, have a look at this. It looks slightly yeah, better than was. last time. I hope that um, Microsoft take a different stance at E3 and do maybe more like what Sony did in their PS4 conference not so long ago. I think they will. I think, they've I think they given have themse- to, really. Well, I think they've given themselves space to. I think that is the whole point of this conference. They've got all this stuff that will get, you know, USA Today... And the sun and all of these news outlets that are just for the masses to talk about things because, as we said, it's put an X in every box. But on the grand scheme of things, I think they're going to alienate the people that have made their console a winner, at least in the US. Mm. Well, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Um, well, yeah. But at the moment, Sony are looking like the most exciting option for gamers and what they've talked about so far and for me this is um for reasons we haven't really discussed uh, purely because no one really knows how it works at the moment i've heard many many things um but they're not allowing backwards compatibility for one which is kind of expected but still kind of a getter oh we're calling one xbox one yeah, yeah. but yeah there's also um no pre-owned games really well, that's that's a weird one. Yeah. To me, I've not quite got my head around exactly what's going on with that. It seems very strange. Essentially, when you buy a game now, you will be buying the right to play that game. You will install that game on your hard drive, which essentially, from the looks of things, makes your disc useless. So you install it onto your uh, gamer profile, which very, very worryingly seems that people seem to get banned from EA's origin system at the drop of a hat. So it essentially means that I could accidentally annoy someone on Xbox Live and then lose all of my games. That aside... That can never happen, I don't think. It happens on Origin. If you if you get banned from EA's Origin, you forfeit all of your rights to use wow. any purchase content. So you content. know that going into it. You've, 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 you've agreed to some sort you of... You have uh, probably agreed to it. You've probably already agreed to it. You've probably mm. agreed to it with your download content on the 360 now. So just How, behave yourselves. Yeah, but like, you know... <laughs> You can still play those offline. There's no, there's no need to be online. With this, you need to be online every 24 hours. And people are now saying that maybe because of this, because mm. of this right that's going on things, which check in. It's like, you haven't traded that game in, you haven't traded that game in, you haven't traded that game in. It's nosy. Yeah, it's very... Um, the fact that the Intrusive. Kinect will always be on when your console is plugged in because mm. it powers up by you saying things. Is also very scary. It's very Hal 2001 <laughs> that it's always monitoring you, yeah. um, which they've said, yeah, priority is our biggest concern, but I'm just... Privacy. Gonna, yeah. yeah. It's just them saying, like, you know, like, yeah, we're going to invest in all of this tech to make sure no one can steal your things. But at the same time, they've been doing that forever and still people's accounts have been getting taken still PSN went down for a very long time which is worrying me even more can you imagine like how long was PSN down for oh Maybe it was a while two three it? months was it that long I think so no I can't remember it was, it was a weeks. very long time it was a couple of weeks or something. yeah shows about the gravity <laughs> of it going down and how that affected my life didn't even have a PS3 or still No, the problem it. was, I remember at that point, there were certain games which you couldn't play unless you were connected to the PlayStation Network. 
And potentially this is dangerous if this is the way the Xbox One's going to be. You can't potentially play any of your games. If you're not connected online. Yeah. Um, And I mean, there was a period in my life where I didn't have the internet. Like, I I used dial-up too much and I spent too much. And then my parents cancelled the internet because of that. So that would mean that I wouldn't be able... Yeah, it was. (laughs) I wouldn't be able to use any of my games, which means that you're always forced Maybe. to have an internet connection. Possibly, this is well, still rumour speculation. It's a worst-case scenario, they... isn't it? Just, um, it is uh, worrying, and we have to really wait and see what Sony says, what they're, what they're going to be yeah, doing. Yeah, Sony, you know, Sony could just turn around and just say... Well, ours is similar. Ours is similar. And I mean, it could possibly be that way. There could be Microsoft letting all the brunt a bit. So if you're worried about such things, go and buy a Wii U. Yeah, just go... <laughs> Yeah, if you Amazon. want a new games console for your next generation, then it's it's looking nice for Wii U. You know, it's getting there slowly but surely. It's Not a lot there. of games for it, but you know, after the I, Mi- I predict a, a rosy future for it. I for do after hope the so. Microsoft reveal, uh, Amazon.co.uk revealed that they'd seen an eight hundred and something percent increase in the sale of Wii U's. At least the Wii U will always, first and foremost, be be a games console, and you know you're going to get some stellar games from Nintendo. I really hope they improve the store, though. It, yeah, they're not still not great at a lot of things that the ex, uh, that Sony Microsoft are pretty good at now. Yeah, you know, uh, they're still a little bit behind, but they they're getting there. It's they're taken them there. a while. But. They've embraced the indies as well. Well, which I yeah. think will help them a lot. They've also given out dev kits so people can use the Wii U controller for mobile games. Uh, you never know, hopefully. Oh, the future is very interesting. Let's just uh, leave it at that, I guess, for now. And um, we'll, we'll know more details soon. When we know, I guess. When E3, we two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it on, I see. Um, yeah, that's it from me. And I think. Oh, yeah. It's something, well. something to think about, you know. But. Uh, you know, maybe do what we're doing now. Is this get games seem getting overly complicated nowadays? Go back and play some of the old classics. You know, That's, go sink uh, your teeth into can, some retro goodness. You can always rely on something like uh, Endura Racer. You can. <laughs> some secret of mana will not do you wrong oh. until you accidentally get juggled by enemies and you can't do anything, and you're just like, no. But you can always press select. You can change your character. You can hit them from behind. There's so many tactics. It's such a good game. Oh, yeah. And on that note, I think you should follow us on uh, Twitter. We've got quite a lot of Twitter followers now. At thank you. TMA Cast. Yes, thank you very much for following us on Twitter. Uh, like us on Facebook if you haven't already, if you're a Twitter listener. Um, forward slash uh, Tom and Matt Attack on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, you can read my thoughts at least on the Xbox yeah, One. Yeah, this is very good reading actually, Matt. It was very Tom and Matt Attack forward slash podcast. Nice. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, until then, I guess, game on. Game on. Adios. Oh, cheerio. Cheerio.